Welcome today to the Parenting is Heartwork podcast. Uh, we're grateful to be here. I'm here with Elena. Elena's from the Netherlands. I always am intrigued that we're able to pull Elena from the Netherlands together with me and New Jersey in the United States together. And, and uh, we have so many things that we can share with you in regards to parenting. You know, it's fascinating that even in different cultures that God's word applies to the family, applies to the heart. And so uh, we're eager to look at various aspects of parenting and a child's heart and how a child changes. And, and so I appreciate the different perspectives that we can present to you. And so I'm looking forward to what we're going to do today. Elena, welcome. Hi, Dr. Scott, and thank you very much for this introduction. Indeed, I was reflecting over my holidays about the fact that God works in so miracles way, miracle ways uh, that I got to know the heart-based approach to parenting that helps me so much to think about parenting in such a different way and to think about the heart of the child instead of, of their behavior when I go through very difficult uh, times with my children. So yes, I think it's going to be a very important episode today that we're going to talk about because we are going to talk about how can we uh, help our children overcome selfishness. Yes. Selfishness is uh, such a problem in homes. We see children when they're when they start becoming self-focused, that they're more easily angered, that they're not responsive to parents' leadership. They don't contribute in the family. They don't get things done, and so things get complicated. There's a lot more tension in the home. Uh, it, it is a challenge. So I think just addressing selfishness is at its core would be helpful for us today. So yeah, let's talk about selfishness a little bit more and then how we can help parents understand it. And if you understand where selfishness comes from and how it develops, then I think you'll, we'll all develop some more solutions for overcoming it in our own homes. Indeed. And it's, it's, I suppose it's, it's the best way to start is just to go a bit into dissecting where the selfishness starts. And that's, you know, we believe selfishness starts in a heart um, via the, the desires that children have in their hearts. Um, and they become uh, very controlling over, their, over what, they're, what they're doing and what they're saying, so much so that it becomes at some point very difficult for them to overcome these desires. And it starts with a wish and, and it moves into this very strong desire, which becomes selfishness. So, and it's, so indeed, it's a hard problem that children encounter at every age. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I can tell you that they, deal, they, they have that challenge from very early on. And I'm sure, Dr. Scott, you have seen this with much older children, and I have also seen with older children uh, as well, this, um, the, the gr- as they grow, but as small as they are, two years old, they have these strong desires that, that can really um, become selfishness. Yeah, you know, on a theological level, when we think about selfishness, we recognize that the sin nature that is every person has uh, is has as its roots this desire to think about self and to pursue a selfish desire. So when we start looking at the heart and define the heart, in our book, Parenting is Heartwork, we wrote about uh, nine different functions of the heart. The heart contains all these different things. Well, one of the main things we see playing out in children's lives is, like you said, desires. When desires are inside of the heart of a person, as that's where they come from, then we end up with some, uh, we can get ourselves into some significant problems as people. So 
Um, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. So we know desires exist inside of the heart of a person. And then the challenge comes with children because those desires get strong. It's one thing to want something. I want this. But when the want then becomes an expectation, because when desires get stronger, they become these expectations of how things should go. And if things don't go the way I expect them to go, then um, I can get upset because my desires aren't being met. And even worse than that, when expectations get strong, then they become demands. And sometimes those demands take place in, in outward actions where a person becomes demanding, or sometimes it just takes place inside of them because life has to be a certain way, or they have these challenges inside that don't allow them to manage that. So desires are going to be a very important uh, aspect for us of looking at selfishness and understanding what it's all about. Yeah. And it's probably worth mentioning as well that desires can cover a wide range of of things such as whether it comes to wanting something from a toy or having a hard time um, being told no when you say no to a child and they just simply cannot accept that word or when they have to do things in a different way and they have a very challenging time um, uh, doing that when, when they have a hard time repenting. Um, desires, when we speak about desires, not only about wanting things, but it's also um, having a hard time overcoming that, that um, strong will, I would say. I would, I'm not sure I call it the right way, Dr. Scott, but you know, the, that's how I see it as well, at least. You know, that can, it can come up in many different situations in different ways. Yes, you're very right. I, like, I, th I think your words are correct. Uh, the will is this um, internal determination that a person has, and it's usually based on desires of what they think is good or want. So we say a child is strong-willed. What we mean by that is that they're, they hold their desires very firmly, and they know what they want, and they want to, they're determined to get them. And so when a child has these strong desires, it, uh, it can be a sign that they'll be a leader someday and good things can happen. But there must be this ability to give up one's desires in order to live with other people or even to live with oneself. Their desires out of control create all kinds of internal struggles for people, and they create challenges within relationships as well. So it's very important to train children uh, how to deal with desires. And the more we're able to be more flexible with some of those internal desires, the stronger uh, we as people can be, both relational skills and then just having the internal integrity to match the challenges of life. So we spoke about where uh, selfish selfishness comes from and how, how it shows up in our children's heart. Um, let's start uh, um, addressing some of the ways in which parents can start working with their children. And I, I would start by saying that, first of all, it's very important to recognize that um, parents as children have desires <laughs> and we as well as our children um, can manifest a hard time uh, when it comes to letting go of things or wanting something. So I would really um, uh, suggest to parents to have a bit of reflection on their own behavior. I know for myself that sometimes my own behavior can reflect into my son or my daughter's behavior um, 
because they copy a lot. They they really look at us and they they tend to try to copy us. So spend some time reflecting on you know on on the word of God. Uh, what what is in within your heart as a parent, and maybe have a moment of of repentance and a desire. To, to change, to, to uh, address that if there are th- things there, if you find in there things that are not what you would have wanted to. That would be my first kind of point to start off with. Dr. Scott, what do you think? I agree with you. I think that parents also have desires and need to check them. I think that's helpful. I think that um, one of the things, we can do several things to help children with their self-focused tendencies. Uh, I, I do believe that teaching children how to serve, giving them chores, chores that aren't related to self-care only, but contributing to the family or looking for ways to help children participate in family life are daily interactions that we have that encourage children to get outside of themselves and participate. So I think that's a helpful start. I think sometimes we can just have conversations with children that that guide them in um, thinking about other people, not just thinking about themselves. One of the signs of an emotionally healthy person is their ability to empathize with others. Empathy is this ability to get outside of your perspective and think about someone else's perspective. So all of that is, I think, good dialogue we do with children and sometimes talking about it or setting up chores or, or, or things like that can go a long way to build into children this uh, ability to think outside themselves. But I would also say that sometimes children need extra therapy or training Mm. to practice giving up their agenda, letting go of what they are holding on to so tightly. And that's where we come to some more ideas that I think parents would benefit from. Yeah. And I I think it's important to recognize together and and to um, have potentially a one-to-one meeting or a conversation uh, with your child that uh, in which you um, uh, share with them that you're noticing that there is this there is this hard problem and that you would like them that you want to do something about it. So I think just um, um, uh, starting or or uh, having that initial contact where you make your child aware of this and that you're seeing this in in them and that you point also um, helping them to see to maybe look at themselves and see that. I think that can also be very, very beneficial. And I know that I just sometimes grab my son um, as he starts to misbehave or just, you know, uh, not listen. And I, I, I look at him and I look into his eyes and I say, look, I, I noticed that you're starting to, yeah, to, to change the pattern. And just having that conversation, even with a four-year-old, um, reminds him that he's on a course to reach a different destination and that he's, uh, he's uh, becoming to drift. Um, and if that's the case, and if it's if it's if you never had this conversation, um, just have this conversation and and uh, tell your child that you're noticing this and you want to work together to change it and to make a difference. I think also parents need to have a uh, in their mind some perspectives about this. I think sometimes parents have an idea that their job is to please their children or, or they want to avoid problems, so they make their kids happy and. And so they give them what they want. And, and it's not wrong to give kids what they want, but if children never have to live within limits or experience disappointment, then we're not fully teaching them. I think there's some common practices that parents use that contribute to selfishness. So we got to at least look at those. 
Now, these are not wrong. I just don't want to say these are wrong, but too heavy of a dose of these things contribute to selfishness in children. Let me give you three examples. One is when you reward children with external rewards. If you're continually saying to a child, clean up your room and I'll give you something, like I'll let you go out and play or let you uh, have some internet time or something. When you say that to a child, you're uh, contributing to their sense of um, selfishness because you're saying, I'll give you something you want if you do what I say. Now, we're increasing their selfishness by using that as a tool for compliance. I think another one is distraction. You know, we were always told that, well, don't say no to your child. Just say, let's, we'll give you something else instead of what you want. Now, I do think distraction is a great tool. I was just talking to a parent yesterday about the changing table and an 18-month-old being changed on with his diaper. And I, I suggested distraction would be a good a way to help this child be more settled on the changing table. But if, if distraction becomes a primary way that we're, uh, we're working with children and we don't say to them, no, we're not going to do this, then we don't challenge this internal problem of selfishness. We're always giving them something they want, you see, in order to prevent a problem. And we always have to think of something they want that's greater than their desire to whatever do right now. So distraction, although good, with too much of it can create more selfishness in children. A third thing that we do is we give children choices. We're told that. Give children choices and they have feel a sense of control. Well, the problem with that is whenever you give children choices, you're trying to um, allow them to have what they want. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, giving choices to children is actually a good strategy. But if that's all we're doing, is appealing to a child's selfishness, then we're not training them to be others-centered or to give up their agenda. So we must move into other strategies besides the ones that are commonly used that really increase selfishness in children instead of reducing it. Yeah, I think that's so important. And indeed, I think this type of, of um, I don't know, I would even call it attitude uh, that parents have, um, towards their children in parenting are so ingrained that it's so hard sometimes to move out of that. It almost needs a complete change of strategy. Uh, and, it, and it is what we are also um, uh, doing in our coaching program that we, we start by thinking about the, the, the complete strategy. Where do you want to, wh what do we want to develop in, in this child and what do we want to focus on? And then we're moving in that direction. I think just by trying to um, correct some small thing, it, it can work and it, it's, it, you know, it has good effects. But I think having a bigger picture of where you want to head to and what are, the, what are the directions from which you want to work with your child can also help. Dr. Scott, what do you, what's your view on it? Yeah. You know, what, when you refer to the coaching program, I know you're referring to in the first uh, one of the first things we do sometimes is teach children to come when called or... Mm older children to be available. Uh, when we have a child walking around the house with headphones in and they're not available, they're very self-focused. And so one rule sometimes parents have is that you always have to have one headphone out when you're in a public area or around other people, which communicates I'm available. That's really important. But with, even with all children, we have a, an, a, a technique we use, which is like this come when called approach, which we children don't even know why they're being called or why they uh, must come. And why do we do that? Because children need to learn how to give up their agenda. 
if we're always telling them why, they, that then what we're doing is we're again appealing, appealing to their self-focused tendencies, or maybe we're trying to teach them something you know bigger. I'm not opposed to telling children why, but there's sometimes when children need to obey, or they need to come not knowing why, just because it's the right thing to do, or they need to learn how to trust. And trust is often an ability to get outside of yourself. So there are a lot of activities that we end up doing with children that become training exercises to help children to move forward and to think outside themselves. Remember, we're really trying to challenge something on a heart level. And, and when we're working on the heart, it means changing the tendencies that a child has, tendencies to look past themselves to things that are more important than just focusing on themselves. Yeah, I think combating or, or dealing with selfishness, it's, um, it can be a constant focus for parents. And I think it should start with, with smaller things also, such as um, building a stronger relationship, getting close to the child's heart so they can open up, so they can um, actually uh, appreciate the parents' feedback when it comes to you know, their, their behavior. So um, having that softness of the heart like you mentioned, I think it's so crucial when you work with your children on this and, and also praying together um, can really help to admit also in front of, of, of God and, and, and um, your child that you, know, you struggle sometimes with this and it's, it's something we all work. But I think there's so, much, there's so many more good tools that we can use with our children and um, help them um, improve, help them change their heart and, and see a change in their heart. Yes. I, I, just as we conclude this episode, let me share with you a verse of scripture from Philippians chapter two, verses three to four. I, this is such a powerful verse, a set of verses. I would have anybody memorize these, whether they're parents or children. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. That's Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. What a powerful statement about how all of us, now this is obviously mm. written to adults, mm-hmm. as Paul is writing here, but it's this idea that we need to think about others, not just think about ourselves. And I think if we practice those ideas in the home, then children start to learn how to be less self-focused and more others-focused or God-focused in their lives. When that takes place, good things can happen. So I just think this takes training. It takes work. It's not mm-hmm. something that instantly comes because there's natural bent inside of every person mm-hmm. to think about themselves first. And when we learn how to be servants, as Christ taught us, and we learn how to love, which we read about in, in the epistles, if we learn how to obey God's word, then it means we must be thinking about other people, not just about ourselves. It, it just brings so many benefits to our lives, makes relationships run more smoothly, decreases tension, increases closeness. Mm-hmm. All of those things happen because we're not just thinking about ourselves. So very important subject that we're talking about here. I think that uh, I hope that parents will take this to heart, look for ideas, and maybe even comment um, here where they can uh, share some of their ideas that they've tried to decrease selfishness or overcome some of the self-focused tendencies in their own children. That'd be great to just have a bunch of brainstorming ideas that people are able to post. So um, I just want to say to everybody, welcome, uh, um, thank you for joining with us, and uh, I pray that God will use this particular session in your hearts in a good way, and if you want to find out more about uh, our ministries, you can 
Um, check us out at uh, my website is biblicalparenting.org. Elena, I'll let you close us out and tell about your website as well. Yes, absolutely. I just want to encourage parents that this is a journey and we are here to support you, help you. Please do listen to other episodes that are available on our podcast. Uh, they will give you practical ideas on how to um, parent the, ch- the, the heart of your child. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, go to my website, elenashvetslot.com. We are also, uh, Parenting is Hard Work is also available on almost all um, media uh, channels, Instagram, Facebook. So visit us there as well. And um, we all pray that you will work uh, together with your child to change their heart. <laughs>